I'm Logan. I'm Jess. And this is Automatic for the People. It's automatic. It's automatic. It's automatic. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Automatic for the People, a Legion podcast. The final season of Legion, episode two. We've got six more. I think. Yeah. So. I think there's only eight, right? We might get. The, so last year we got what a surprise episode, right? Like halfway through the season, I think they were like, oh, there's going to be an extra episode. Because I remember getting all excited and Ryan be like, yeah, but that's probably because the show's getting canceled. And they were like, here's an episode to wrap it up. So why are you going to pop my bubble, man? <laughs> oh, I remember that. Then you were like really depressed for a while. Was... Uh, yeah, for like two weeks. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it doesn't take much to get me down in the dark. <laughs> I'm very much Eeyore in that way. I'm like, oh, somebody <laughs> took my tail. I go, I go stay in the corner. Yeah. But uh, uh... Yeah, we maybe we'll get a surprise bonus episode. Um, but until then, we'll just make do with what we've got. Uh, our show with no titles. It still throws me every episode. I'm like, what? Can't you give it a title? <laughs> just, I know, I know. And some I of go them back and like... rename all of the episodes. <laughs> oh, there we go. Well, some of them they kind of give you a title, sort of when you get their like weird chapter markers yeah but i don't know this this we did technically get a chapter marker this week except it was chapter 20 which was last week's episode and i was then now i'm just confused because (laughs) they're all over the board there was 13 and now it's 20 and but it's really 21 and i can't i can't keep up it's very much like mr robot where the first episode is episode zero (laughs) <laughs> and then in season two, there was parts one and two that were the same, like episode zero point one and point two or whatever. And it's like, well, there's twelve episodes, but there's really only nine numbers. So I'm confused. <laughs> yep, I feel like I'm in a constant state of confusion with this TV show in general. <laughs> yeah, this episode probably doesn't help that because Mm-mm. I think i know what happened <laughs> <laughs> well then you and i are in the same boat because <laughs> that's it took me watching this episode twice the full way through before i realized they were all in the same time frame so i uh i read so i watched the episode as it aired and then uh yesterday i was reading some like synopsis and breakdowns and stuff um because i like this somebody always catches something that i'm like oh i didn't i didn't catch that um mm. and so i just google you know the episode and we'll just read through stuff and uh it, it was just like i would read the synopsis and i'm like i swear that that's not the episode that i watched <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> um i like, never read any of those oh was one was on Den of Geek, I think, and it was talking about uh, like all the stuff with uh, Carrie, the male Carrie, mm-hmm. and like it was describing him like creeping around the room with the lady. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I remember, I was like, yeah, he escaped from that room. But the way they were talking about it was like a dance number. And I was like, I don't remember that. But then when I rewatched the episode earlier tonight, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He's like shadowing her. It's like a little weird mime routine or something. So yeah. I, I'd forgotten all about that. And there were the synopsis was talking about how funny it was. And rewatching it, I saw that. But like as I was watching the episode, it's like wedged in between all of this super serious stuff. <laughs> so it never struck me as like, oh, that's kind of funny. Um, but when I rewatched it, I was like, no, it is kind of funny. And it, I, I guess it's playing on, um, uh, what's his name? Bill Irwin. Uh, he has like a, a, a song and dance kind of history, uh, Broadway, stuff like that. So, um, okay. Apparently he has four Tony awards. So really? yeah, <laughs> I was Ow. like, well, I didn't know that. I knew he was in a bunch of stuff, but I didn't know he had four Tony awards. <laughs> so Jeez. Yeah, for like choreography, uh, uh, direction. Um, and one was for performance and I forget what, or it might be two performance. I don't remember. Um, I was looking, looking stuff up on him um and i was like oh wow okay yeah i i mean it makes sense when you watch him um because he has really i guess two dance numbers in this episode uh consider the shadowing thing a dance number um i i loved the stuff the very brief dance number with him and his sister though i thought that was very sad and very sweet all at the same time yeah, I agree. It that that scene I was, I was kind of conflicted, I guess, in it because it's it's kind of it's kind of weird because it's like you're in his headspace and I guess you're seeing what he's seeing, but it's I mean it's all like David's manipulation. But I enjoyed that dance number, and I hadn't really thought of the you know kind of like shadowing the girl as like a dance number. It, it was a bit bizarre, and I was like sitting there watching it, and I'm like, would that really work? Like, really? There's, like, if you were that close to someone, wouldn't they just, like, feel you, like, right behind them? <laughs> yeah, it, it played like something, if you go back and watch, like, old Charlie Chaplin movies, it yes. plays like something you would see in a silent film. That's and, how it felt. And outside of the episode, it is very you know, funny and interesting and to watch him kind of manipulate her space and you know get her to turn where he wants her to turn but just in the episode i I, not that it felt out of place but it was just so bizarre (laughs) it was i mean admittedly the the entire episode was bizarre there's not a lot in any of these episodes that isn't but it it felt bizarrely out of place in in a way it was good i mean i enjoyed it and i like appreciated what what they were where they were going with it and what they were doing but it just felt like a complete Something completely like outside of the show, like you could have taken it or leaving it, it would have done nothing for that episode whatsoever. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I, I jumped way ahead, I didn't mean to. Oh, that's okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's, see, it's it's fun. Like, I, I try to, you know, I write stuff down and try to organize my thoughts, but like, it's better to just get into the conversation and see where it goes. <laughs> 
Where do you want to go oh, next? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to the, so did you for any second of time think that when they dropped that dude out of the airplane there, I was like, Oh God, they just killed this guy. Yes. It's my immediate thought. And so when he's like running back the thing and he's like, parachute, parachute. I'm like, what is he talking about? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like, Oh my God. He's like, button. I was like, Oh my God. He just killed him. But I thought I was totally there. I, I thought that was quite an interesting tactic, I guess. You just drop him straight out of an airplane and see where he goes, assuming he would go straight back to David. I was like, well, that's that's a that's a new take on on tracking someone down I haven't seen before. Yeah, I I I like the way they uh that they play it without explaining the plan and then enacting the plan. You just watch it as it unfolds so mm-hmm. that you have that like kind of surprise and it wasn't until uh really later i guess when they showed up uh after the the tea party um (laughs) the tea party we're we're coming back to that (laughs) um that i was like oh okay so david is connected to all of these people of course and so Basically, they just launch this dude, get him safely to the ground, and are just tracking him now so that they can just get where they need to go through him. Like, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm with you. So, um, that tea party, though. Huh. Man. That, that, that scene was a little, little, little crazy town, even for this particular show <laughs> this whole thing was bizarre i'm not i'm not sure that i was expecting like a full like recreation of like the mad hatter's tea party out of ours alice in wonderland or at least i guess from what i remember but or i guess you could debate on which version they were recreating but. so this is i'm not sure this is anything anybody that's not my age or older um, would remember, but there's a Tom Petty song, Tom, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Don't come around here no more. Mm-hmm. There's a video that is basically an Alice in Wonderland story in the video of him singing the song. And at some point he plays Tom Petty plays the Mad Hatter. And at some point, Alice it becomes the cake and they start cutting her and then eating the cake. Whoa. (laughs) It's so the whole time I was watching this episode, all I could think about that was that video and how much it freaked me out when I was a kid. I can imagine. I see. I've never seen that video. That seems a bit dark for petty or is that just, it was very dark. Um, (laughs) I, I wasn't even that young uh, when the video came out, but I was probably in my early teens, which okay. shouldn't, I mean, you know, I was watching Halloween and Friday the 13th, so stuff like that shouldn't freak me out. But for whatever reason, like it just, uh, it weirded me out. So when you're done listening to this, go Google that video if you've never seen it, because I could not help but think like this is definitely some kind of, you know, inspiration 
from the Tom Petty video because it just is so much darker. I mean, the Tea Party's always been kind of dark, even in yeah. the like old animated Disney version. It's yeah. just like somebody's gonna go nuts and start stabbing somebody at any moment. <laughs> but like when they're just Alice becomes the cake, like that's way dark. Um, and then, <laughs> this the whole drug thing. Um, it also reminded me of the Matrix, which I guess the Matrix stole from Alice in Wonderland. You know, the red and the blue and the. Yeah, that's true. I that is very true. I hadn't thought about that connection, but you're right. Oh, the 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 red. What did you make of the 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 change in the drug? Okay, yeah, this is one of those things that I was trying to figure out, and they spent a good bit of time showing us what was happening. So I was like, okay, I feel like we need to pay attention to this. But as best I could figure this out when they were talking about the blue stuff. He was always talking about like peace and love and happiness, you know, typical hippie seventies kind of stuff. And then after he meets with Sid, he's all like super angry. And like, I mean, I, I guess like got some hatred going on between the two of them at this point. So, that's what I was trying to work out. Like, is it, I guess now like the anger and hatred has kind of replaced the love and peace. And so now everybody's going to be just a little bit more unstable, a little bit, a little bit crazy, maybe a little, I guess, trigger happier, stab happier. However, you know, you want to look at that. They're all carrying knives at the, at the tea party, which I guess is not that crazy, but considering the whole scene, but I don't know what, what did you dare you in my, Anywhere in the same ballpark. No, hundred percent. Uh, um, <laughs> okay. The drug thing's weird anyway. The whole like he creates the drug. The drug. And so the fact that uh, something happens, it's obviously made from. I don't want to say pheromones, but whatever. It's a part of him that he's giving to all of these people. Um, so yeah, it makes perfect sense that when that outside influence in Sid like changes, uh, his kind of mood or whatever, that it then changes the mood of the drug. And now instead of all these like peace, love and happiness, it, uh, it, they're all, you know, let's kill everybody and, you know, whatever, uh, it, it felt like this weird allegory for um, like the sixties in general, like how mm. the, the, that generation grew up not to really represent the values that they so like fought for. Um, and I know that's not everybody, but just by and large, most of the hippies of the sixties kind of became the, uh, for lack of a better word, assholes of the 80s. So, uh, you know, like this peace, love, and, you know, happiness didn't really win out, man. You, you know, you, you sold yourself out for a bunch of, of money and drugs and whatever. So, uh, yeah, it just felt like this very small, brief kind of like, yeah, yeah the hippies just turned into assholes. So... <laughs> Yeah, that sounds about right. I can see that. Um, can you hear that? 
Is that fireworks? It is extremely loud. It was literally pouring like 10 minutes ago. So I don't know why people are sitting on fireworks now. Other than the fact that it's like Fifth of July, and I swear to God, if they wake up my daughter, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> back to the podcast. Sorry, I y'all. Don't, I, there, there were people here shooting off fireworks on the third. Yeah. Well, no one. I didn't hear any on the third, and of course, it was crazy last night. I mean, not surprisingly. Yeah, I but, couldn't even sleep. I just got up and like just. I was like, I'm not going to sit in the house uh, or my apartment. And it sounds like just bombs are going out off outside because <laughs> idiots are in the parking lot. You know, I'm going to wind up setting my car on fire or something. I'm just going to be furious. So I was oh, like, no. I'm just going to get in the car and just get on the road and drive. So that's what I did. Well, <laughs> I just that's... drove around for a couple of hours. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I oh, it was all right. I kind of wish I could have done that. But anyway. <laughs> and I guess it's difficult to do when you have a kid. It will bit. <laughs> little bit. But that's okay. Um, I was kind of losing my train of thought, but because I got distracted by the fireworks. But okay, so we're we're talking about the sixties and seventies in general and people being assholes, but where where do you want to go? Where where should where are we going from? Um uh, <laughs> I, I pulled your notes up. I should have done that from the start. So I like how you have them separated like from villains and heroes, but you have them both in quotes. Yes. I love that. So <laughs> because like even though you want to be sure, and that was another thing that struck me about a lot of the uh, articles that I read about the episode was that we're definitely not the only people that are a little conflicted about who is who we're supposed to be rooting for, um, which I as probably my favorite thing about the show at this point um yeah I, I think that's what makes it so great is because when you're when you're watching like the villains you feel like you're rooting for them until you really at, at least for me in this episode i kind of really started to get that villain vibe off of david like the intentional villain vibe i kind of felt i definitely felt the manipulation like the purposeful manipulation and what he was kind of doing with a couple key characters throughout the episode but then like you go to the heroes then all of a sudden you've got them dropping dudes out of airplanes and and then you know sid with all like her hatred and trying to kill david and it's just everyone is flawed and i love it (laughs) yeah uh, it, it's it really it sounds so ridiculous but it just speaks to me on such a like deeper level than almost every other show that i watch outside of mr robot where i'm just like i it's not that i'm like i don't know like i compare it to breaking bad a lot because that had a quote-unquote hero that was definitely not a hero he was really it was really just about him becoming the bad guy um but that by the end of that show, it was like, I really didn't care if anybody got redeemed. Here, <laughs> I'm like, is there a way to redeem all of these people? Or are we just going to be saddled with like, no, they, it turns out they were all just not the best people. And that's kind of okay. You're just going to have to learn to deal with that. Um, yeah. I feel like that might be where they're leaning towards going with it as, as that kind of being the point, because no matter how much, like I, we go back to like our hero 
group, I guess, the second Farouk is on camera, I'm like, oh my God, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> this is all your fault. <laughs> How can you people work with him? <laughs> and like, I, I don't think the show was implying this, but some of the stuff I read was like, ooh, has Farouk manipulated all of the good guys and like, I, I mean, it's possible that he's like in their heads and kind of playing with them. Cause that is who he is. But mm-hmm. I don't know that they, they weren't already on this route, you know, before Farouk. Uh, I mean, we saw it at the trial, not that that was wrong. Um, and I do like that David calls it a trial, but Carrie calls it, um, an intervention. Yeah. When it was definitely a trial. It was definitely a trial, at least like from my perspective. I don't know. I don't I don't know that I'm on board with Farouk like is literally like in everybody's heads, but I do I do see him as like his own like it's own it's his own like chess game that he's playing, you know, and he has a bigger yeah. goal in mind and he's just moving all the pieces around masterfully because that's what he does so i don't think he's in people's heads like he can i mean we know he can be but i don't think he's doing that i think he's just made sure to play it out so that everything happens in such a way that he ultimately gets his own his own end goal whatever that is i don't know i don't know that i know what that is i i don't know this from the the comics at all never read any of these comics but um i mean it's so like the characters are very similar, but the story itself is so far off base of anything uh, okay. that really ever happened. <laughs> okay. So kind of like they use it as inspiration, but they've really kind of taken their own path with it, which I kind of like. Uh, I love it. I, I, I get upset with the, the, we have to stick so closely to the material. Like, yeah, but, you know, if you can run with it, run with it as long as it makes sense. So I'm not yeah. always a stickler for the now when people do things that are like, well, that was just horrible. I'm like, well, they probably should have stuck with the book. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, like if you go off base, do it well. <laughs> right. So um, let's see, oh, we're talking about uh, Farouk, the Shadow King. Uh I definitely feel like he's manipulating Sid, but mm-hmm. I, I, throughout the whole course of this show, I feel like everybody she comes in contact with is manipulating her. And uh, this is going to sound like victim blaming and I don't intend it to. Um, but at some point, like you have to take the responsibility uh, like you keep, surrounding yourself with people and kind of allowing yourself to fall into their crap, you know, instead of making a decision. I'm hoping that that changes because of you very clearly see the tattoos in this episode. Um, Yes. (laughs) I noticed that (laughs) you didn't catch them in the last one. We're going to make sure you see them in this one. Um, which I dug. So I'm hoping this is more about her, uh, kind of being able to decide her own fate rather than like keep falling into all these traps with all these other people and just going along with whatever their plan is. Um, 
you know, and maybe we, I guess some of that with her conversation with David, we see a little bit of it, even though I, I think she's also trying to do a little bit of what Farouk suggested, which like the minute that got brought up, I was like, Oh, that's, that's never a good idea. Ever, <laughs> ever, ever a good idea. I'm like, no, we're going to emotionally manipulate him. He's already crazy and super powerful. No, <laughs> I know. Gonna get killed. I know. And they wonder why the world comes to an end. I mean, <laughs> like, have they not stopped to think about that all of their meddling mate? Like what like what if they just did as he suggests this episode? What if they just left him alone? Aside from the fact that we wouldn't have a TV show to watch. I mean, like, think about it. You know, yeah. just let him go off, do his own thing. Stop I, manipulating yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Um and like there it's the whole thing like is the fact that that you know he causes the end of the world. And so therefore you're now trying to stop it. Is that the thing that winds up becoming the end of the world? It, it's the terminator factor where yeah. like you sent the guy who created the kid that is going to stop you in the future. You help send him back in time. Whereas if you had never sent the terminator back in time to begin with, uh, Kyle Reese never would have went back in time and <laughs> slept with Sarah Connor and John Connor wouldn't have been born and he wouldn't be stopping you in the future. So you're creating your own demise. Yeah. Yeah, that it's it's very much a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's kind of like um you can you can never quite get away from it like you're stuck in a loop, you know. Yeah. Is it to, I'm trying to remember. I haven't watched Looper in a minute, but was that sort of, I mean, they had like a totally off, off the walls concept, but basically the whole idea is that like everyone is kind of like living in your own time loop until you break it. I'll go agents of shield did that pretty, pretty yeah. blatantly last season, but are you watching this season? I am. I'm just behind the last one that I watched was the, um, Las Vegas one. I have not laughed that hard at an agents of shield episode mm. in i don't know how long like ever probably <laughs> that was pretty good yeah. it was hilarious i don't know I'm, why chloe bennett was just cracking me up yeah i'm i'm digging how off the wall this season is they're just like you know what we're not ever really going to be part of this whole marvel cinematic crap so we're just gonna just shoot the moon man <laughs> <laughs> I really like what I'm seeing. I like how it's kind of like a, in a way, a continuation of the previous season. But I didn't mean us to get us on an Agents of Shield tangent. Oh, but nice. yeah, but yeah, but the whole with like the whole looping thing, it's like you're stuck in this vicious cycle. It's like everything you do, you kind of can't get out of it unless someone you know kind of figures out a way to break it. But it's like, how do you figure that out if you're stuck in in the? I don't know. It it makes my head hurt. Yeah. <laughs> And you, it's like you can't break yourself out of it. Somebody else has to, like, intervene and then go, no, go this way. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, get it out. Yeah. Um, was it the start of the episode that we see David arguing with himself? I know it's in, like, the first few minutes. Um. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's earlier in the episode because you see him arguing with himself – 
like literally like because you kind of see like the different faces that come around which was really interesting it, i mean he definitely i mean we said from the last season that we saw those three different personas it, it seems at the moment like there's two but then when you get a little further down when he's like literally arguing and with the time travel thing where she tries to take him through and he's like, you didn't really think that was going to work. Did you? And, and yeah. like the whole, it sounded like there were like five voices in there. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if those are different people or. Yeah. I, I think we're going to eventually see that there's a lot more than we've, we've thought for a while. Um, his, I, I love his, I dance. He's Dan Stevens is so good at, like dropping in and out of all of these different characters. Um, oh yeah, he's just such a phenomenal actor. Um, I never did see uh, what was the Disney Beauty and the Beast. I never did see that, but I, I heard he was really it. good. I heard it uh, was great, but I haven't seen it either. But uh, but yeah, he's so good at just kind of phasing in and out of that, and he definitely feels like different people and you know which one you're looking at when you see him yes i'm uh, so impressed by actors when they're able to do that effectively it reminds me a lot of orphan black i don't know if you ever watched that i watched i think the first episode so like enough to get what you're talking about because i mean i've always heard people rave about um uh, the actress i forget her name tatiana maslani Yes, and She's so good. I want to go back and watch it, but I, I never have. It's another one that's on my list. I have a very long list. <laughs> uh, well, with it wrapped, it's it's. I wouldn't say it's easily digestible because I think it's like fifty episodes, but like you you definitely have a like a stopping point. You know, like okay, I'm done. So, <laughs> There's light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she does that um, because she's playing all of these different characters in the show. Um, and so you don't really see her go from one to the other, but they're consistently in the scene together. And to watch her play off of that and know that like she's literally acting opposite of air at the moment and just be <laughs> able to like transition and come back and do the scene the other way or whatever it's uh, it's amazing to watch and to see him do it like literally in the moment is so good it's so good um yeah his uh his conversation with sid really i don't know that that whole thing threw me like i was like an emotional roller coaster you know, it's like, I, we just wanted to be left alone. And then, like, the more she digs, the more he, he was like, well, you know, I can go back. I can change it. And, and which sounds so noble. But then, right? like, she just blows that up so well with, like, it doesn't matter if you change the fact that you did it. It's still who you are. Oh, so that was so good. There is just so much to unpack in this entire conversation between them. I was like, I kind of just found myself trying to jot down a few things, but mostly just watching it because it's like, I I mean, what are we going to do? Sit here and like transcribe like 10 minutes of the episode. (laughs) It was just 
all that whole like chunk of dialogue was just so good and there's so many things in there i think i think one of the crazier quotes was from her she says that men are afraid women will laugh at them and women are afraid men will kill them i was like why does that, that sound familiar and where did it come from or did they um, make it up no it's um i forget her name but she's it's attributed to uh uh, like a uh, feminist uh, movement author, I believe. Uh, I'm sure I could Google it, but my phone is sitting like five feet away from me. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it definitely uh, is something from like that uh, realm. Uh, Margaret Atwood. Which, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Took your advice and picked up my phone. <laughs> um. Yeah, Margaret Atwood. Uh, and it's so, it it seems so judgmental and like, like an attack on, I guess, really both sides. But however you want to read it, it feels like an attack and a judgment. But it's also like maybe the truest thing that they've ever said on the show. Yeah, it is. It, it's fascinating because like trying to think about it and unpack it. And then especially in the context of the two of them, I felt like that quote kind of really embodied how they feel about each other at the moment. Because, I mean, this is going to be boiling this way too far down for like what David is going through. But basically at the end of the day, his pride is kind of hurt, right? You know, I mean, he's not actually, I mean, at well, now that Sid has shot him twice, I guess in prior timelines, he <laughs> is slightly more afraid that she might kill him. But really up until that point, he it was, it was more kind of like his, his pride was hurt, you know, or he like, you know, felt like someone was kind of raining on his parade or whatever. I don't really know. But like Sid like, was legitimately afraid of him, maybe not necessarily that he would kill her or maybe, maybe she is now. I don't know, but I thought that was kind of an interesting quote to at least wrap up their relationship. Yeah. And it's so, it makes me feel a little bit better about my assessment last week when I was talking about her, uh, uh, me first tattoos. Yeah. How I, I was like, I don't know if I'm misreading that. You know, if it's a, a comment on like, yes, the Me Too movement is important, but what comes next is just as important, if not more important. And what comes next possibly needs to be me first instead of like, you know, uh, wrapping yourself up in, uh, you know, somebody else's crap and defining who you are based on your relationship or your job or whatever uh, yeah. Just you figure out you and then figure out how you fit into everything else instead of trying to figure out, you know, defining yourself by everything else. Um, it, so it made me feel a little bit better about my reading of that. Again, all of that coming from a straight white dude who really <laughs> has no business talking about it. Um, but I was like, well, at least I feel like I didn't misread that whole situation. <laughs> No, I didn't. I don't think you misread it at all. I I thought it was a pretty good assessment of it in general. I hadn't. I had not made surprisingly the me the me too connection. I guess, but I 
I like it, and I I think it makes I think it makes a whole lot of sense, and especially like with her. I mean, because that's the whole thing is she's been so wrapped up in defining herself with other people. I mean, we were literally just talking about that. So, I think it's very appropriate, both at like a take it at face value, or even if you want to take it a little deeper, like it definitely works on both levels. <laughs> <It's>, it <laughs> reminds me of the most ridiculous thing. Um, I hate romantic comedies. Uh, there's like three in the whole world that I can even stand to watch, but, uh, there was, um, it's, it's not pretty woman. It's the other movie that Richard Gere and, uh, Julia Roberts did runaway bride. Yes. So I don't, I think the movie's ridiculous, but there was a concept in the movie where he, he's like following her as she, you know, goes along and he he goes back and starts interviewing all these guys she's been engaged to. And he asks every one of them how she liked her eggs. Oh. And with every one of them, it's different. And it's always how light they like their eggs. Oh, that's right. I had forgotten that detail about that movie. I mean, watch it's it literally the time. only thing I remember about the movie. <laughs> because I thought it was such a good way to illustrate that like you you're just defining yourself by all of somebody else's crap you know like this guy likes his eggs scrambled and because you can't make a decision on how you want your eggs or because you literally don't care how you eat your eggs you just go along with him instead of going like well i mean to illustrate the point i i only eat my eggs one way scrambled with cheese that's it. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I would not, you know, if I wanted them a different way, I would ask for them a different way. If I wanted a fried egg or whatever, over easy, doesn't matter. But the fact that this woman was like literally just like, oh, okay, well, he eats them over easy. So I guess I'll eat them over easy too. Well, if you want a fried egg, have a fried egg. Like, <laughs> who cares? Like if they care that much, like forget them, you know, it, it it's but it's such a small like minute thing that illustrates such a bigger point whereas this is like such a like devastating statement of like you know like yeah that's the way way it is (laughs) yeah i mean yeah i mean it kind of it kind of is and in a lot of ways i mean we we could go way down the rabbit hole on this statement alone having both a male and female perspective yeah i think perhaps we shouldn't (laughs) Uh, the only other thing uh about her statement of the um the uh, the what was her name margaret atwood that quote was that that struck me uh was the whole the women are afraid and men are afraid and it it's the fact that they're both afraid mm-hmm. and instead of, you know, like, uh, it puts them both in a victim category. Now one is definitely far more, uh, terminal than the other one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it just, it really struck me that like, Oh, I've never like interpreted the quote as like, Oh, well he is kind of a victim too. That's Not a good that that point. makes his actions okay, but he is kind of a victim too. 
Well, but hey, that's a good point because she that ties into her conversation with Farouk because she t- goes back to him and is like he, you know, he thinks he's the victim, and that's when he gets into that whole thing about like false realities and how he, I guess, perceives himself, which kind of comes back at the end with with Carrie, you know, where he's saying like your mind can't reconcile the person that we see with who you think you are. So it's like he's built up like this whole reality in his head but like to all these other people it's something completely completely different and so like he feels like he's the victim and everybody else feels like they're the victims in a lot of ways mm-hmm. it's very fascinating it's very yeah. such a smart show i love this show and it it's echoed in i think he asked or says repeats the statement or asks the question several times in the episode do you think i'm a good person or i am a good person and doesn't that mean i deserve to be loved isn't that what his sister always told him yes okay that's what i thought yeah and he definitely draws on that that's his that's his trigger though that's been that's been his trigger this whole time that's what he was muttering to himself at the end of last season i think he's like i'm a good person i deserve to be loved because that's what his sister always told him so definitely yeah i definitely think i think definitely i think he's lost it (laughs) i think we're way past lost it yeah it's to me it's just so interesting to see somebody try to reconcile that um i i know we talked about it when ryan and i did season uh two Mm -hmm. just the whole idea of like you can be a good person and not always be the good guy in the story. You know, you're always going to be the bad guy in somebody's story and True. you're never going to be able to reconcile that like in your head. You're just not going to be able to, it will drive you insane. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's really good. Wait, it's, I mean, even on like a, not even like on a villain like level quote unquote but even when you come up against people that like don't that don't like you and like very obviously don't like you and you're kind of just like what's his deal like what's his problem like you know what I mean or her problem or whatever but yeah I I I feel like I've I've definitely definitely had had that kind of a been in that situation before where I'm just like well why wouldn't they like me What's not to like? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're it right. will, Yeah, it will eat away at you. If you and, think about it too much, yeah, it sure will. Yeah. If you cannot find a way to let that go, and I, I think it's fully illustrated in, like, not that that's the reason he's kind of lost it, but that's very much a trigger of, like, no, but, like, I, I'm not a bad person. Like, maybe I did some things that were wrong, but I, I don't think I did them for the wrong reason. I thought I was doing the right thing. And, you know, I, I'm, I found a way to go back and try to fix it. But it also doesn't change the fact that you were still the person that did those things. Or, or you're going to go back and make it so that she doesn't find out that you did something. Like, well, that doesn't change the fact that you did it. Yeah. No, it doesn't. I mean, and that's the whole thing is as soon as he stops believing that mantra or that that version of himself loses out, then he he definitely becomes the villain. 
Right. I mean, he, we've seen the dark side, the dark tendencies, and that's the only thing that's holding him together in what he feels is a, a hero form, you know, where he is still doing the right thing, which in a lot of ways is what makes him a great villain. No villain thinks they're doing the wrong thing. That That's... Uh... <sighs> In so many podcasts, I'm sure it's come up at some point in this specific podcast, but uh, I used to do a comic book podcast, and anytime villains came up, I would just bring up Doctor Doom, which mm. the movies are not a good example, but um, <laughs> but Noah Hawley is a big fan of Doctor Doom, and that's what makes Doom a good villain, is because he's not necessarily wrong. And he's never seen himself as the bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. the way he does everything is wrong. Like, he he's it's all self-serving, and he wants the credit for it. But he's never going to see himself as the bad guy. He's always going to see himself as the hero. Um, Lex Luthor is a similar kind of thing, depending on which version of Lex you fall into. If you were a Smallville person... Like that version of Lex Luthor never saw himself as the bad guy. And that's what made him so good. Yeah. That's what makes the best villains is they never think that they're the bad guy. And so I guess we're just getting to see that a little bit more. Like we're getting his story. Like we're getting that true villain story where he was presented as the hero. And then they take him to be full villain, I guess. But he was always the villain. I don't know. It's kind of confusing to think about. But I feel like his story is, at least for me, one of like the more involved ones where I've ever seen a, quote, villain just get a complete like origin story and fleshed out story like any hero would. Yeah, it's it's pretty rare. Um, even when they do the like villain style movies that are just where the bad guy is kind of the main character. There always winds up being something where you're like, oh, I kind of root for him. Um, whereas here, not that there's not anything to root for, but like just the more you go, it, it's like at some point, if you can't ever see yourself as being part of the problem, then you're definitely the bad guy, man, because nobody can see themselves. Well, anybody that does see themselves as always being on the right side of things. Uh, that you're wrong. <laughs> you're there's always going to be something you are on the wrong side of. <laughs> yep, there there always is. Even even if you're even if you're the hero, there's always something you're on the wrong side of. But which again is uh, what also makes a good hero to have a flawed hero. But oh, so we haven't talked about Switch. Um, True. Who? Uh, we kind of get a. Very, like, here's a stupid version's explanation of my powers, um, <laughs> <laughs> which I appreciate. <laughs> the show doesn't always do stuff like that. It doesn't. It doesn't. So I kind of liked that we got the, hey, dummies, here's what it is. It's like, oh, okay, good. Time is a hallway. Like, got you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> um, and now we definitely know she can travel to the future. She yes. So that's good to know. We already know the past thing. Um, uh, I'm guessing Carrie is now on board either through David's manipulation or whatever to build this uh, tank or 
weapon or no it's was it a weapon what did he call it he said i need you to build a tank or a something else i thought he said tech tank or tech because when he said tank it took me a few times to figure it out and then i realized he was talking about that tank that david would float right. in right that's how he expanded his power he right. like kind of i guess literally turned up the volume and but i think he was saying tech or technology or okay. something along okay. those lines okay, okay. yeah yeah uh, to help expand her powers so that she can t- take David into the past. So, and we already know that uh, his parents have been cast. So, I w- yes. Do you uh, watch trailers? No, I didn't watch the trailer. Okay. I'm assuming that next week is a uh, is a we're gonna have a time jump. It's okay if you want to tell me. <laughs> There will be a time jump next week okay. if the trailer is to be believed. Okay. I I knew it was coming um, because of, I I want to say when they cast uh, that guy who I'm drawing a blank that's going to play Xavier, it mm-hmm. was that he would be showing up in like episode three or four. I'm like, well, we're two episodes in and they're talking about building a machine to expand these powers so that David can travel into the past. So we're about to travel into the past. Um, so I knew it was coming either this next week or the week after. But if there's only eight episodes, they really got to start getting the thing sooner. So, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking, too. I was like, I was surprised when they didn't do any time traveling really in this episode. But it yeah. kind of it kind of made sense. It, that, and that. That's kind of what I meant when we kind of got that filler scene with Carrie. I was like, you could have just, that was like five solid minutes. Like you could have just taken On that out. On top of, I think this is the single shortest episode of this show ever. Yeah, it was short. I was shocked when I was, when it was only like listed as an hour on my DBR. I was like, what happened? Like if you take the credits, the end credits scene out and the commercial breaks, I believe it's 38 minutes long. Whoa. That is it's short for this Very episode. short. Or for this so, show. Um, for a show that usually runs with limited commercial breaks. And butts like right up against. Like to the point that the next. Whatever plays next on FX. Like they shrink this show down. So that the credits can run while this other show starts. I mean, it's always like two minutes into the hour. And this is a 39-minute episode. So whatever comes next must be chock full of something. Because there's, it had to be something that they couldn't just put in this episode. uh, Because it would just break up the flow or something. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I'm like... When I rewatched it, I watched it without the commercials. And I was just like, oh, my God, man. Like I was done in like a little over half an hour. Um, yeah. Super short. Yeah, it definitely felt like it went the second time I was watching it. It felt like it went by really fast. I was like, how, how, am, I, how am I already done with this? But I didn't actually like do the math to figure it out. But, yeah, it felt short for sure. <laughs> it's crazy. But uh, going back to the switch thing. um, She's still in the uh, Camp David. <laughs> uh, yes, Camp David. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 
I'm just I'm really curious about how they're going to at some point she's going to have to see that maybe what she's doing is not the right thing. Yeah, I'm wondering when that point is going to come as well. I wonder if maybe she'll start to see that after they've done after she's taken him somewhere. I'm kind of surprised she didn't pick up on it. They had a very weird conversation, especially when he like keeps talking about to keep the house from being haunted. Like we get that as viewers, but she, doesn't. <laughs> she sure doesn't. She's like, what? And if I were her, I'd been like, what in the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Maybe it's a metaphor. I don't know. He's a weird dude, but yeah, that that was that was a very odd conversation. I feel like she has to be suspicious by that. Yeah, um, I didn't pick on the keep the house from getting haunted the first time I watched it. I did catch it the second time. And I was like, that is a creepy ass way to talk about what happened. Um, It's very apt, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Your house got haunted, dude. You're possessed by, by some kind of weird, like shadow demon creature thing, guy, whatever he is. (laughs) But I sure, I guess you could call it your house got haunted. (laughs) I feel like we've heard him use that phrase before, but I, I can't guess remember. So. Um, just to, but to phrase it that way to somebody who has no clue what you're talking about, definitely. Like, eh. But I think she's just so caught up in the, uh, I mean, a lot like Sid was, I guess, in the, I'm important, you know, I'm helping somebody out. I'm, you know, I'm going to save the world. I'm going to save this guy's life. We're going to create peace, love, and harmony for everybody through, you know, going to the past and changing things. So she's caught up in the mission and not really seeing the the the, the broader aspects of it. She's become the soldier. And, yeah, it's going to be really interesting when the mission succeeds and they get back to the future and... It's not what he said it was going to be. Yeah, because it it can't be. And just the way that he's like describing stuff, he's like, I need to go back and fix it. And it's not about a girl. And he just like kind of like goes off on all these tangents, but just kind of like, but, but it is exactly. But just like assuming she's right there with him, <laughs> and th- then he comes back to you. But I'm but I'm a good person. Don't you think I deserve love? And she's like, Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> So, in the books, the most notable storyline concerning Legion was something that uh, evolved into what they called the Age of Apocalypse. Um, Mm. So, Legion, as he existed in the comics, uh, very much broken, like the guy we see in uh, the show, decides that um, he's going to do something to help his father, Charles Xavier out. Um, and that the cause of all this strife and all of this, uh, mutant hatred and everything that's gone on for however long it's been is because, um, back when they were younger, uh, I don't, are you familiar with the X-Men movies? Yes. Okay, so Magneto and Xavier were friends, Eric and Charles. Mm -hmm. So uh, when they were uh, younger, uh, something happens and uh, uh, somebody attacks them or something to that effect. 
and uh, uh, Magneto kind of, even even though he's already leaning against humanity, but something happens and he leans more into the like, like nope, down with humanity, save the mutants, and Xavier leans more into the like, no, we can peacefully coexist. So Legion decides, uh, David decides he's going to finds a way to travel back in time, and he mm-hmm. decides he's going to kill Eric, oh. so that none of that evil mutant hysteria, whatever, comes to exist because of the 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 split there that he doesn't you know become the leader of these evil mutants if he dies so mm-hmm. um he decides that's what he's gonna do it doesn't work he winds up killing his father <laughs> and because he kills his father it brings about this like it changes everything and brings about this whole uh like mutants basically take over the world and humanity is all but destroyed and creates this whole like separate timeline. And, uh, I, I know we're not headed towards that cause that's not really the show that we're watching, but I couldn't help, but like, it's like, okay, so he's going to travel into the past at some point. And mm. this feels like a version of that story. So when they come back to the future, it's going to be so interesting to see how they do this. Like what's going to be changed. Are we going to see that dark timeline that we've already seen a glimpse of? Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious. That would really be interesting if we almost got like shades of that story. Like that would, you know, I'd be okay if they, they took the track of, I mean, he, he does accidentally end up killing his father. I mean, we know he's going back to do something to see his parent. He's going to have to see his parents at some point, right? During these adventures. So I would be curious to see if they take that bit out of the comics and then to see what that does to our story. Yeah. That would be fascinating. I mean, and so the glimpses we've seen of David, future David or Legion or whatever, whatever we're calling him where he's like sitting on the throne. Everything is very red in that. So that was, that's what it reminded me of, like when he starts arguing with Sid and then you have all the lightning kind of like flashing around like above his head and everything is turning red again and he's getting angry and the hatred is kind of building into all of that. So that, that definitely felt to me to push him a, a bit more over the edge into that, into that villain role. So maybe that this will be the final one, final straw. I can't wait. It's, it's such a complex show. Um, sad to see it go. It's, uh, I feel like that's going to be kind of the the mission statement of every time podcast. Like oh, I'm so sad this is ending. Um, it does make me really happy. Not I know it's not a well watched show. I I think they get like a point one or so or a million people watch it live. It's ridiculously low. Um, for oh, a wow. show that's so good, but uh, I, it does make me a little bit happy that it is a comic book kind of superhero we show that a lot of I'm sure dude bros or whatever might trip into or 
hopefully maybe are already watching and hopefully it's shown them a lot about, uh, you know, their own brand of BS and how flawed it actually is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's, I love this show. It, this and Mr. Robot, I think probably are like the two biggest shows that have like that rewatch factor for me. Like it's just every time you, I haven't taken the opportunity to go back and rewatch Legion at the moment, but like, like with Mr. Robot, as I'm doing it, I'm just, now that I know what I know and now I can go back and see the whole thing start to unfold, like it's just so much better. You could just watch it over and over again and take something else away from it. I love that. Yeah, where are you at in your rewatch? Um, uh, the the first episode of season three. Okay. <laughs> Last time we talked, it. I didn't know if you made it any further. That's that's fair. You've got time. Um, I do I mean, have time. We don't have a premiere date. I I would bet money it's not going to be before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, I, it I might doubt not be. It. Until Christmas. So, you know, we, we might be talking about Mr. Robot well into 2020. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. It's a good thing we did the rewatch. Because if I hadn't, and then, like, we would just go into it. It's been, it would have been, what, two years? Yeah. Is it going to be two years? Yeah. It's been almost two years. That's, in, that's insane. Yeah. The season... Season three ended um, at the end of 2017. I think so. It it might have run into January of 2018. Maybe. You're right. Maybe, yeah, it did. Um, But I remember we were watching it around Christmas. (laughs) Yes. Um, so yeah, it was, it was in that time frame. So it's, it's going to be going into two years in the next few months since season three premiered. So, um, but I mean, you know, they've, they've been busy. Rami Malek's got a whole brand new freaking career now. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Good for him, dude. I know. Uh, he's, he's great. He seems like such a good guy and I, I'm so happy that he's getting uh, a a solid film career out of this as opposed to uh you know a bunch of throwaway nonsense parts that are usually tend to happen i mean he's gonna be a bond villain i know that's exciting i I can't freaking wait (laughs) it's gonna be it's gonna be good i still need to watch bohemian rhapsody still haven't the so I want to see it. I love Queen. I'm I'm a yeah, I'm like a Queen. fan, and I love Rami Malek, obviously. But like the whole Brian Singerness of it, like I don't know if you followed all the behind the scenes stuff. Um, I not really. I mean, I've I've kind of heard you and Ryan talk about it a little bit, and I haven't gone into like any details, but enough to know that there is some weird stuff going on, apparently. Yeah, and and that guy, uh, unfortunately, uh, talking about the X-Men, you know, shepherded the X-Men to the big screen, and it turns out he's not not a good dude and uh, did a lot of horrible things to people who were way too young. And, uh, oh, dear. Yeah. Um, 
so it just makes it really, really difficult now to watch any of the X-Men movies he was a part of. And I just haven't been able to bring myself to watch Bohemian Rhapsody, even though he was very publicly like thrown off of the film. So, yeah. Um, Still makes it difficult for me, but I'll get around to watching eventually. I think it's on HBO now. Is it? Yeah. So if I'm not paying for it, it's probably a little bit easier pill to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. There you go. If you don't have to wait, wait till it hits some sort of streaming service. I guess technically yeah. you're paying for it, but not oh. exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, no real Mr. Robot news. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hell, at this point, I got time to rewatch all three seasons again. <laughs> I know. I know. That's that's kind of a good point. Good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can tweet us at Mr. Robot Podcast. Uh, we actually talk longer than the episode of the show that we're discussing. Um, <laughs> Has tends to happen. <laughs> uh. Tweet us at Mr. Robot Podcast. Email us, Mr. Robot Podcast at gmail.com. If for whatever reason you listen to this and you're not watching Legion, um, if you've never watched it, it's on Hulu. Uh, I would recommend catching up and uh, joining for the rest of the, what, six or so episodes we have left. Uh, I'm going to be doing Preacher, which is a show you don't watch, correct? I do not watch Preacher, yeah. And if I did, I'd have. I have a lot to watch all in one fell swoop to catch up to you. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit longer show. Um, It has a few more episodes, but I'm going to be doing that with, uh, unless unless Ryan's back to his podcasting ways soon, I'm going to be doing that with my cousin Elizabeth, who's on our Star Wars podcast. Um, And everybody go tweet at Polk79 and just tell him, hey, and that you're missing. So... Uh, I'm guessing he's doing okay. I haven't heard from him in quite a while. I see pictures on his social media of him getting out and about, going to see and do stuff with his daughter for the summer. So I'm happy for him there. That's good. Yeah, I see him on. I see him posting some stuff on Twitter periodically. So. And then your you got your stuff. I know your podcast is on hiatus right now, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. if you're watching Legends of Tomorrow and you're looking for a podcast, uh, definitely check us out. We're Tomorrow's Legends. You can find us on Twitter, at Tomorrow's Legends. It's just with one R. And then our email, if you want to email us uh, in the off-season. <laughs> uh, it goes to my co-host, not to me, though, is uh, tomorrowslegends at gmail.com, also with one R, to keep it the same as Twitter. Character limits. <laughs> uh, so y'all just talk about that show, right? Or do y'all get into any of the other CW stuff? Every once in a while, he also does an Arrow podcast, and we watch all three. So every once in a while, you'll you know Flash Talk or Arrow Talk will, will kind of bleed into our conversation because we're you know we're watching it and we we love the shows and we're passionate about them. So, but um, the only other thing that we've specifically talked about on that show is Constantine, which is another thing I'm supposed to be finishing. I sort of, my rewatch totally went on hiatus with just life in general. And now I'm watching Legion and podcasting with you. So I need to probably get back to Constantine as well. It's It's, it's very good. Um, (laughs) And I'm almost done. I've only got like three episodes left. It's terrible. (laughs) 
I will tell you it's kind of disappointing at the end because you're like, oh, well, there wasn't more of this. They do resolve some of it in uh, Legends, though. Like, some of the stuff comes yeah. back. So, which I really, really appreciated. Um, I was just curious how excited, not excited you are for uh, Batwoman. <laughs> I, I'm excited because I love, like, that universe. I enjoyed the crossover with her so enough that I'm, like, interested to see where they would take it. Um, so I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see what happens with it. Uh, let's just say I'm cautiously optimistic, and I'm hoping it doesn't go the route of Supergirl, which I don't personally care for. So <laughs> I I don't know. I may give it a pass because it's Batwoman, and it's you know the closest thing to Batman that I'm gonna get in that CW verse. So I, I think I'm just gonna have to take it. <laughs> I'm such a champion for Supergirl. Nobody else I know that even tries it. That they're all like. No, man. <laughs> I'm like, what? I love this show. <laughs> like, I mean, there, there's there definitely been people out there where I'm like, oh. But for the most part, I'm just like, oh, I just love this show. I think maybe it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't want to be a typical guy, but I think she's just absolutely adorable. And every time she does it, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yay, I love it. Um, okay, full disclosure, <laughs> I I think a part of the reason I'm I don't like the actress. I think okay. she has a phenomenal voice. I you know, just going to go ahead and show my nerd cards over here. I I I watched Glee until the the awful bitter, bitter end. end. <laughs> <laughs> it was so so it was it was so bad it that there. I but it was so bad that I like literally was only just like watching it, quote unquote, just and I would just wait for them to sing and I would listen and then I would fast forward and then I would listen to the songs. It was bad. But yeah, she came in the later seasons and her, oh God, her, her acting in that was just atrocious. And I had a really hard time separating separating the, the actress and the acting from, I guess, what she was doing with Supergirl. I will say. Say she is with what I've seen. She's much better as Supergirl, but she, gosh, she just gets that cheese factor in there, and I'm just like, oh, it's too campy. I just, ugh. I I, yeah, I kind of dig the campy, so right. it makes me happy. Um, I'm, I'm also caution, cautiously optimistic about Batwoman, just because okay. I, nothing I've seen in the promos makes me feel like this is going to be. Uh, fun in the way that Flash and Arrow can be fun, even though Arrow's gotten very tedious. Um, I'm kind of glad it's ending. And she was okay in the crossover, but I don't know. Nothing. I was excited for it until we got the crossover and she showed <laughs> up. And I was like, I don't know, man. Like, it all feels very stiff. Maybe. They'll work their way into it. But then, like, the promo was so... It felt heavy-handed. And, I I mean, I'm a pretty liberal-minded guy, but, like, I don't know if you've seen the promo where, like, she walks past the homeless person and puts some money uh, in her, in her uh, jar or whatever, and this guy's like, that only encourages them or something like that. And she goes, yeah, you're right and then turns around and walks back and takes off this like ten thousand dollar watch and just hands it to the homeless person 
I like I understand the point and I'm right there with you. But like it feels like such a heavy handed promo for a superhero show. <laughs> yeah, I, I had after the trailers dropped, there was a lot I saw a lot more criticism, borderline hate. Uh, even like in my own house, honestly. And my husband's like, I cannot believe you're gonna watch that show. You're really gonna watch that show. And I was like, Why? What it's Batwoman. What's wrong with it? And he's like, did you watch the trailer? I don't know. He was like legit angry about it. So now, I, I will say the the whole, uh, well, she's not gay enough to be the gay Batwoman character. Like that, I was like, uh, is this where we're at now? That that's just dumb. That doesn't that doesn't even make sense. Like, no. I agree with you. Like, is this where we're at? Like, really? This is the this is the hill we're just gonna plant a flag on. Bell. Well, she's not gay enough, <laughs> dude. In the CWs, you have two straight women that have the most captivating gay relationship in any of the Arrowverse. They're like, come on. <laughs> I love that relationship. Anyway, me too. It's, but they're it's but so... they're both straight women. They're just yeah have but, great chemistry <laughs> but yeah we're just gonna be like you know hey uh you know she's not gay enough <laughs> so i'm bothered I, that comment definitely bothered me yeah. isn't but isn't um ruby rose she's she's isn't she actually gay uh, i think she's bi oh okay she might just be gay not um, that it matters but it, it that it makes it makes the comment I, that more ridiculous if she is. I don't like, want to put her. I, mean? in a, I don't want to put her in a, a, a no, yeah, classification. That, that, but she definitely is into women, so that's enough. <laughs> like, and, uh, and even if she wasn't, is is it really that big of a deal? Like I understand that re- that you want like the representation. Like I get that, and I'm all for that, especially as a woman. I am definitely all for that. But like to a point, at the end of the day they're actors so i mean you're still playing a character so i don't anyway so it, it's kind of hard to find that line and like draw that line without getting too political <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree so anyway go do all that stuff we'll be back next week talking about uh the third episode of uh the final season of legion we're going back in time guys yay i'm excited <laughs> me too i love me some good time travel So we'll see you guys then. See you later. Here's a little wedge for the never believer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's a little ghost for the offering. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's a truck stop instead of St. Peter's. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Andy Coffin's gone messing